What's up, y'all? Kofi Kingston here, and I would love to have a drink with wrestling on the rocks, depending on what that drink is, preferably non-alcoholic, you know? How's it going? The Kelsey Warrior, Seamus. Wardlow here. Soda. I would love to have a drink with wrestling on the rocks. I would love to have a drink with wrestling on the rocks. Maple syrup. I will never have a drink with wrestling on the rocks. Hey, it is Thursday, and we know what Thursday is. That was my horrible Excalibur <laughs> <laughs> intro there. But you know hi, we're wrestling on the rocks.com. Well, let's see, dot com. See, it's episode one because, you know, obviously I can't get this right. So thank you to our friends at Fans First Sports Network for allowing us to open the bar tonight on Thursday, which is pretty awesome. Now, because, you know, I like to give, I'm giving you guys a new friend. So everybody, I have a drinking buddy. So tonight I have the amazing Six Crow. And you know what? You already well, gave a cheers. So what are you drinking? <laughs> I'm drinking orange soda. <laughs> Ooh. I like orange soda. What kind of? Yeah. It's called Pop Shop. It's a Canadian brand. It's made with cane sugar. So it's good stuff. See? And it tastes like biting into a carbonated orange. See, Canadians, shout out to my uh, friends up north. Um, Canadians know how, they, they, they know what's up. I mean. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Tim Hortons. I'm sorry. Strong stuff. Mm -hmm. Timmy's is better than Dunkin' Donuts. I will say that. I love me some Dunkin' Donuts, but if I had to choose between that and Tim's, I'm going to Timmy's all the time. Yes. Yeah, staple here. Now, I don't know. Canadians and like baseball, I don't know. That's that's just me. Even the basketball, but you know what? I'm not gonna go there. I think. I will say <laughs> that I know that Jake, uh, Drake jinxed the Warriors that year. That's all I'm going to say. All I'm going to say. There was some payola going on there. So. <laughs> we do have a great wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, Canada's getting that big old AEW tour in March. Yeah. Again. They're coming uh, to Montreal and mm -hmm. Toronto. And uh, I know they'll be in Calgary for the Stampede. In the summer mm -hmm. and i think they're doing vancouver for the first time yeah yep. and they're going back to toronto maybe or? yes they are i don't know but i did see speaking of them being during big events since they're during stampede they're also going to be in las vegas during super bowl oh nice which is interesting so i don't know that's a very expensive time to go so we will not be seeing me no, at the, at <laughs> Sorry. we've already done. We've already done over here. We've done a bunch of AEW to last me a lifetime this year. Yeah, but you know, as I rock my revolution <laughs> shirt, nice. I'm not sure where they're going to do that this year. But it will be very interesting because obviously that Sting's last match. So North Carolina, yeah, waiting. Um, I do hope. That he has snow. I miss the snow that you know he used to come out with, and 
damn it, I want to see that one last time. Yeah, that would be a nice uh, send-off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would be a great send-off. Don't need to see Flair again, but, no. you know. Yeah. yeah Do you have a, a dream opponent for his last match? Um, I don't know. I think, you know, I don't even know. I think one of the things I was thinking is, and we're pretty big on this one, the father and son, him versus Darby. But right. I, I, you know, who knows the way Tony Khan books. I mean, who knows? He might even like pay to get, I don't know, someone to come out of retirement, not Flair, but somebody else from the has this big, you know, nostalgic, you know, he wants to see it again because he's a big fanboy. But I don't you know. Don't but I, I hope one would, uh, would do that. I don't know. I know, I know he's always wanted to wrestle Sting, but uh, I don't know if yeah. that would be a farewell match. Yeah. I mean, the last one has to be something, I think, important and, you know. But yeah. then right. again, Tony Khan booking. Not that. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, hey, but before I forget, you know, I, I'm drinking. So I'm two-fisting today. I have regular, <laughs> you can't see it, regular Coke with... In a can, in my koozie okay. And then my sponsored, not sponsored today, and which we haven't done in a while, is I am doing Golden State Cider. And this one is the one I was waiting for for a while because it's seasonal. And I am drinking Radical Pineapple. So nice. apples, pineapples, and cinnamon sticks. It is all good. So there we go. Cheers. There you go. Cheers. Mm-mm. And our can, my can is coordinated with your soda. So I think that, wait, Perfect. do you guys say pop or soda? Uh, I say pop. See? This is pop on See. me. <laughs> yeah, Canadians, gosh darn it. Like, they say but pop. I will say soda when I'm talking to an American. <laughs> <laughs> they say pop. They say, like, things like a boot. Like, boot? I'm like, that's about. No. It's a boot. I'm like, okay. I grew up on American like, TV, so I don't have the uh, Canadian accent. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I love. <laughs> yeah, I'm a sucker for an accent, so you know, it could be whatever. But oh, sucker, sucker, sucker. Well, let's see here. Before we get too far into the deep end, uh, let's do some birthdays. Now, I know last week on episode one. I was in Chicago for work and I do want to say this, and this is probably the part where um, our friend shout out to Bishop will be, God damn it. She always has to bring this guy up. So <laughs> I was a little upset that I didn't know that Dreamwave wrestling out in LaSalle, Illinois was running and they had a really incredible card. Like El Hio Del Vikingo was on the card. I think Swerve was on the card but boom, boom, Colt Cabana. And, you know, I have to travel to see, you know, but I digress, but they are doing a show in February and it is um, like, I think it's a, it's a tournament named after him. It's the boom, boom classic, I believe, but more to oh. come because I only saw a graphic, <laughs> but just like a, a one night tournament or is it? Um, you know, the way it looks like it was just a one-night tournament, but hey, 
I mean, yeah. gets a tournament named after him. Phil doesn't yeah. have one. <laughs> I'm just, just saying, just, just saying, saying, Phil. Ha ha. Um, <laughs> so I, I did where you stand on the, uh, the yeah. Phil issue. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now I did miss a few. Like uh, Mox had a birthday last week. Happy birthday. Another person who I really, you know, I hope he comes back and wrestles a little bit more. ACH. I miss seeing him out there. Um, but who knows? He might come back. Um, Kurt Angle had a birthday. Uh, JTG had a birthday. Rey Mysterio had a birthday. Gosh. Sunny Kiss. Sabu. Wow. Uh, buddy of mine, Flip Gordon, now with CMLL, that was a really interesting turn for him. But he's happy. His wife is from Mexico, so I get it. But it'll be nice to see Flip every once in a while if he decides to go north of the border. That, that, my north. Yes. Uh, junkyard dog birthday. Another one, if we, if you guys are, um, into TNA. Eric Young has a birthday. Uh, Stone Cold. God, there's a lot. Oh, geez. I didn't realize how many there were. Rob Van Dam, Chris <laughs> Stratus. Um, let's see who else. Uh, you know who I miss on, um, on commentary? Who's that? He has a birthday coming up. Mauro Ronaldo. Yeah, he was fantastic. Yeah. You can call yeah. a big fight and make it feel bigger. Yeah. I do prefer him over Kevin Kelly on New Japan. But, you know, people have their opinions, but I, I personally prefer Mauro on there. It just, it's a little, it's a little, there's something about it on that English commentary. Like when he would do it with, um, who's it? Juicy Gambino. I love Juicy Gambino doing that commentary. Um, when he has that seat with uh, Kevin Kelly. What? Must say, happy birthday. And because I want to make sure I'm not missing any dates. Um, looks like that is it. Because I will say, as I normally do, um, there were people who we shouldn't wish them a happy birthday. But you guys can figure <laughs> that out why if you uh, use Google. Yeah. But one person... That had a birthday and it actually is kind of brings us to something I find interesting. Enzo Amore. Boy. Enzo. Yeah. You got I haven't named. heard that name in a while. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Did you, uh, you watch AEW yesterday yes, or parts I of it? I watched, uh, yeah, that I watched the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, that promo really stood out. <laughs> uh, how did, for not you, how good, did it stand out? Yeah, not in a good way. It was like uh, watching open micers at a roast battle. It was just cringe-worthy. Mm -hmm. I don't, one of the things that, I will say this, the only thing that, for me, made it, um, okay to watch was God. Ricky Starks look fucking fly. That's what he did. He's of course, you know. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, dude, 
this long like blazer coat thing kind of works. Bill kind of is, you know, chilling in that. This kind of works. But I feel like, I don't know, was it me or was Kenny like bored? Like, don't, I don't want to be here. That's what I think they were like, they were just winging it. It seemed like they were just, you know, they were just cool to go out there and, you know, do a promo. And they had, and it just got their silliness. Yeah. And I think that, you know, obviously the two of them, there is no chemistry whatsoever. They're just like, oh, you know, like Kenny cares so much that he called it the Winnipeg Jets. So, yeah, there's just you know, two big egos, two like base, basically the same guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know why, you know, I mean, Enzo Amore, I swear, he's probably like getting calls. People are trying to probably book him because, you know, oh my God, everyone's mentioning him. But I mean, I don't, I don't know. That was kind of stupid. I mean, you know, he was already. Ricky's already called a vanilla midget rock. And, you know, now he's like a better looking Enzo Amore. I mean, or a more stylish Enzo Amore. I mean, it it was just dumb. It kind of killed the momentum, I think, of a pretty decent show. Yes. The the matches were all great. Just the promos kind of uh, lacking. Yeah. Not good. I will say what I found very entertaining, it's just probably because partially I love her, was um, having Tony Storm on commentary during <laughs> Ruby Soho and um, Riho. Just all the facial expressions of, you know, and I, I, I'm like, I love this character. I, I watch the, uh, the show online, so when it goes to picture in picture, the commentary <laughs> still goes. Mm-hmm. And she was just killing it, like off yeah. the air. Yeah, just those facial expressions, the hmm, and the oh, you know, I thought I thought it was just, man, that character. I don't know if she came up with it. I'd love to know, or who came up with it, because whoever came up with it, I think they need like they need a raise. Yeah, because, get for that because uh, yeah, it's perfect, it's amazing. Go back to yeah. the forties and mm-hmm. it's great. Yeah, it's great. And who would I like thought? how to go into black and white? Mm-hmm. Yes, and how she had asked, do they want it black and white or color? <laughs> <laughs> I, I noticed that when she said that, and I just kind of I kind of <laughs> laughed. I'm like, come on, you want to keep it in black and white. Come on, you know you do. <laughs> but I think that it's a welcome, it's a way to do, like, humor that if it's done in the right way, like, I don't think anyone else could pull it off, like, how she's been pulling it off. I mean, yeah. because it's a total departure of who she is but at the same time it's like really tongue-in-cheek and i think that that's really you know what they need because you know you've got these really serious women you've got these ones you're like oh i don't understand and then now you have this like i don't even kind of like goofball but you've got this like very entertaining person (laughs) that is really good at what she does too so it just is a nice and refreshing feeling with that so but yeah so have you been uh watching some of that uh the continental yeah i have 
I had even some questions for you because this oh, is really my first uh, real tournament I've been watching from start oh, to finish. Okay. I've okay. seen some of the G1 here and there, like a match okay. here and there. So is there like um like a gimmick to these tournaments? Is there like a like a formula that they uh, that they go with? Well, generally, because this is the first time AEW's done it in this format that's like kind of the new Japan, like the Japanese uh, wrestling format, where they have different blocks. Now, G1, I mean, if you saw any of this year, that was insane because there were tons of blocks and it was just like, what, four of them? And I'm like, oh my God, that's a lot of wrestling. G1 is one that it's like, you have to be very committed. And for me, this year, it was like, I, I can't be as invested as I normally am because there was so much. But um, it's a really interesting way to do a tournament because it gives it more longevity. So that's why I think that with AEW, <clears throat> it actually kind of works because, you know, these storylines flip on a dime, if even if there is a storyline, but you don't <laughs> see something <laughs> that's consistent. <laughs> and I think this was a really good way for them to highlight some of these wrestlers because it was great to see, okay, you've got um, Mark Briscoe in there doing singles and yeah. um, it's been good to see him. Yeah. He's a jobber now, but you know, but he's out there doing yeah, it. Exposure. That's mm -hmm, great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Little disappointed with Jay Lethal. Um, but I think that it's going to be the end of that whole God awful um, Jeff Jarrett, Sanjay. I love Sanjay, but Sanjay is getting a little old. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think it's finally going to be the end of that. So fingers crossed on that. Um, but <laughs> it's it's been a good it's been a good showcase. Now I will say, after yesterday, a um, little upset with two things. What was that? Uh, Brody King. I love Brody. I'm not saying this because I love Brody King, but Andrade, I mean, really? You're going to make Andrade go 9-0, and you're basically going to make Brody King look like a bitch because he was yeah, knocked out. he started out. off the tournament great. Like he, mm -hmm. he, beat, uh, he beat his first two opponents, which I didn't mm -hmm. think, he, you know, uh, Claudio, I didn't think he was going to win again. Yep. Yeah. I loved that match with Claudio. And that shocked me, actually. I was like, what? Claudio? No, he did not. And that's where I was like, yeah, so now you're just basically, you just are like, yeah, Brody King now is like kind of like a puss. I would never say yeah. that to him. I'd probably die. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just weird to me. And I was kind of disappointed in that. And that's how it kind of, it kind of ended. So I don't know if, they're like pushing Andrade because they want to try to keep him because his contract's up. I, I don't know, but that kind of was disappointing to see that. Um, and the other man, why you got to do that to Swerve? Why you got to do that to Swerve Strickland? I was so pissed. I'm like, Moss doesn't need to win shit. Okay, as far as I'm concerned, I'm over it. And I thought he was going to go on vacation. Because he bitched about it when uh, Phil Gate happened, Muffin Gate, and yeah. I'm like, he never went on. When I saw the, the tournament bracket, 
When I saw yeah. the first tournament bracket, right away I'm like, you're looking, oh, Mox and Danielson. It, it seemed kind of like, come on, don't be so obvious. Yeah. And I then was... they were they were kind of going away from it, but now they're going right to yeah. it, it looks like. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think, um, I really think that I thought, honestly, before even even started, I'm like, this is going to be Swerve. Only because yes. he's been so such on a great momentum, but I can see why they don't want to move certain belts off of certain people. So I get that, right? And then now, obviously, you, you know, you're. I don't know why Orange. So that's another person with a belt that I'm just like I don't understand. But <laughs> so many belts of track of. I'm like okay, but and another to see, one coming. Yeah, to see Mox win that way. By grabbing his belt and I'm like shoulder. and the shoulder, yeah. I'm like, yeah. come on. Like, are you kidding me? So <clears throat> the bad part is what if they tie, then whoever beat the whoever beat that in that match. Yeah, that's stupid yeah. because now it's like the only mathematical way I think for Swerve to win, I think now is he has to win the next two, and then Moxley has to lose the two. Yeah. That's not going to happen. <laughs> Come on now. We're not dumb. But you never know. You never know. But I mean, sort of really earned it with that, you know, with that last pay-per-view match. Mm -hmm. You know, he earns the title show. Yeah. yeah, and if that doesn't show that you're a main eventer, I don't know what does because I mean, I was there and you know, I was just like, this is intense. And I thought to myself at one point, if I were at home, like I must be like, oh my God, because it was just brutal. Like even there, it was like, whoa, because I vividly remember when Hangman spit the blood out. I was like, did he? I, because his back was to me. So I was like, did he just drink his blood? And did he just spit this out? And I asked the guy next to me, he goes, I think so. And I'm like, good God, this is brutal. This is, oh. Yeah, watching okay. it on, watching it on TV, just his blood dripping into the mouth was crazy. Yeah. That was crazy. And to see My Swerve God. throughout the whole match actually have... The staples, yeah, that was like, what this is like, yeah, this is, and he had no like reaction, it was just like another day at the office. I have staples in my face and in my back, no big deal, and his chest and everywhere, yeah, it was, mm -hmm. yeah, that, but yeah, he should have beat Mox last night, yeah, and that's a such a disappointing thing, and especially because I think that that crowd. They, they were yeah. behind score of 100%. Exactly. Because I think that, because that match, I mean, people remember that. And I mean, I think that after that match, and if I'm wrong, please correct me, um, that uh, our lovely uh, um, hangman, I think um, he got a little bit more respect in everybody's eyes. But then again, that stupid devil bullshit, and that should not have been the last image we saw of the evening. But again, I don't write this but, shit. So. Yeah, that should have been paid off by now. 
you know, I'm bored already with it. So, I mean, obviously, well, I think. You can digress to the biggest AEW fan in the room, Michael. Mm -hmm. <laughs> hey, how's it going? It's great. How about you? Not bad. So, do you have a drink with you? Because, you know, we need I to. Have, I have water. water. Yeah, I don't. Oh. I, I eat like, really terribly. Water is the one thing. What I drink is the one thing, like saving grace. I probably drink, I don't know how many ounces of water a day. So, well, awesome. So and remember, you guys, yeah. it's not about what you drink, it's about who you're drinking with. So, <laughs> cheers to everybody. That's our motto take a drink. There you go. <laughs> so, AEW. So, what did you think about last night's Continental Classic? Were you disappointed? Were you? Did you watch it? Whoop. I did not watch it at all. <gasps> I'm, not, oh. I'm not a, uh, as Six will tell you, uh, to say I'm not an, an avid AEW supporter is putting just a little bit mildly. So that's the tag <laughs> name, Tribalism for Life. The sarcasm is <laughs> dripping. Yeah. Uh, dripping with sarcasm. So. Yeah. Tony is, you know, basically I thought that Tony can't have good things. He always has to ruin it. That was the that was the whole that was the mantra. Right. And I'm They're like, bragging that they were number one last night. One of what? Yeah, <laughs> one of what? Did you beat like I don't, I don't know? I don't even know what was on TV. Did you beat like some weird hockey like whatever on TV? I don't know, but I don't know. It's Tony's world, and we're forced to live in it. That's all. That is all. They're number yeah. one. They're number one. It matches with no storylines. They're number one at gratuitous violence for the sake of mm -hmm. blood. Yep. They're number one at women getting five minutes a week. They're number yep. one at uh, Tony Khan having no ability to stand up to people backstage. And mm, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Number one at. I don't know, perhaps losing the TV deal to their competitors right out, out from under their nose. So, Ooh. number one, I'd like to see something. Uh, they're crushing it. Watch something cringe, Michael. Watch the uh, Jericho Omega promo. From oh, Mexico. good Lord. Good Lord. Yeah. Good Lord. They, uh, that they was bring up Enzo <laughs> just to keep it going. <laughs> yeah, Enzo Murray's getting some independent bookings now, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, no. And also, let's not forget. And of course, I have to do this and be that person. Yeah, they're number one at having the best ass in fucking wrestling. I will say that. Who would but that? I be? <laughs> yeah. If you, everyone knows me, they know what I'm talking about. So okay. we always have to talk about that. And for Digi, we're talking about peaches. Anyways. <laughs> But yeah, no, Tony. Ugh. I don't understand Tony. He wants to be everyone's best friend, and he doesn't know how to do that. He doesn't work friendships very well because he's a sucker. Well, the fact, like the the first time that I really dawned on me, like the, mm -hmm. the kind of douchebag that we're dealing with, mm -hmm. is uh, he and Tom uh, Bully and Tommy Dreamer. They were hosting Busted Open. This was probably three years ago. Okay. And uh, 
for several years there, they had uh, Tony come there on, on every Wednesday. Called mm-hmm. it Tony time. And uh, it was just basically a 30 minute infomercial. He would just run down the card. LeGreco would try to ask him questions and no, he's still running down the card. It was just really <laughs> funny. It was, it was a really funny cycle. Anyhow, uh, <laughs> Bull one day he's hosting and he decides to ask him about rules because that was one thing that he really took contention with. He's like, man, with the refs, they just let them go out there and do whatever they want to do. You could actually hear Jim Ross in, in commentary. Jim Ross would get frustrated, like, what are we doing? You know, <laughs> are we not do- we're not holding anybody accountable for anything. So he brought it up. And mm-hmm. uh, Tony Khan, who I, I affectionately name him many things, one of those is Snowman. Um, <laughs> yeah. he, um, he, he got hot and bothered, like, really quickly. And you could you could you could uh, feel the tension there on the air, and to the point that in my mind I'm like, if they don't make good business out of this, like he should have bully like on TV next week, like they could make a boatload of money if they would just take this real life criticism, you know, and do like what normal business people do in entertainment. Let's make some money, and for the next three years. Like anytime if if Bully was hosting on Wednesdays, which is the normal Tony uh, time day, if LaGreca was out and Bully was hosting his place, Tony wouldn't show up. <coughs> no coincidence. There's a reason why you'll see him, you'll still see him every once in a blue moon. And I say still see him. I I haven't watched AEW regularly in probably six months. I'll I'll pop it in every once in a blue moon to see a MJF promo or something like that. But every now and then you'll still see a sign that says TK fears bully. Yeah, that's, that's what it's referring to. You'll see one every. Uh, okay, I <laughs> get it. There. So, um, and and now you fl- now you flash floor or flash forward to right now where WWE is is getting ready to make a boatload off of real life animosity with Seth and Punk. Mm-hmm. Look what he had right there on his plate with with uh, the young cucks. And uh, Kenny Omega and uh, and Punk, but refused to like bring in everybody. Didn't have the guts, didn't have the balls, whatever, to bring everybody together and sit down with went. I'm like, Edge literally banged Matt Hardy's girl, and they made money, <laughs> and they made a boatload of money off of it. Yeah. You know, yeah. these guys hurt their friends, <clears throat> and you can't sit down. You know, that's the yeah. difference. You know, and, and the most hilarious thing now is that Brian Danielson. I, I still I'll call it, I always call him Daniel Bryant regardless whatever but mm-hmm. that, now the front man for punishment that like you know well he's it's, 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 it's like come on dude it's you like just, you don't have any balls man just it, admit it the best thing for that company would be if uh, so if somebody else just there, there's a lot of talent over there but they really the best thing for them if somebody came in and either bought them out or if he just says. Hey, I'm backing out completely. I'm paying for this operation. Paul Heyman or whoever. Pick a he name who knows what pick a name of somebody who knows how to run something. He won't do that. If the ball's yours, take it and run with it. They he won't he won't do that. That won't happen. So yeah. I think they've they kind of peaked, you know. And uh and, and the funny thing is, and I don't want to keep going on about this, but you know, the the idea there for a while was that punk wasn't a draw because their numbers ratings wise didn't really increase with him, but the moment that he left their numbers tanked. So it's like punk didn't necessarily increase viewers, but he held the ship steady. And the moment that he bounced like overnight, they're losing a hundred, 150, 200,000 viewers, you know, every mm-hmm. Wednesday. 
I saw that graph you posted where the uh, when Punk showed up with uh, Seth, the rating spike. And that's with two NFL games going on. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's that's two NFL games, and Punk literally. I mean, I think they did a one. They averaged between a one four and a one five with most segments. And, and they were like one nine or something. One eight or one nine, something like that. Yeah. So. I think <clears throat> Tony's biggest mistake, and he should have done this, and I think this would have been, I think this would have probably eclipsed with Seth. He should have had he should have had the balls to do Cabana and Punk, because that that's what people really want to see. And you know, I'm not saying this because I love Cabana or not, and I hate Phil, but <laughs> I'm just saying <laughs> it's because. It's like, that was the guy that pretty much was the catalyst of all of the, the, all of this bullshit. And he didn't do anything, didn't say anything. He went along with it. But it's like, people want to see that. It's like, this has been years coming. It has been. And that would have been like, damn, dude, you just like, you know, you just like, basically, this is well, who like. Who wouldn't uh, pull the trigger on it? Mm -hmm. I'd pay good money. I would pay good money to be in the front row. Good, good money. They don't understand. I would pay so much money. Probably be the only one in a cold command shirt. But you know what? Hey, it happens. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, that's where it, it should have been. And I always find it bullshit that I'm waiting for the day it comes out where I'm like, Phil, I know you fucking told Tony you're not going to work if that guy's there. I'm pretty sure you did. Because you're an asshole. So, you know. So hey. so you're obviously not a punk fan. Tell me why. Uh, no, I don't like Phil. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's, my thing with Phil, again, part of it is because, you know, obviously I love, love Colt Cabana. I uh -huh. feel he did him dirty. But also, you know, with Phil, I'm like, you're not as great as you really think you are. You're not. I mean, because look, when he came into AEW, he looked like a piece of shit. And then now I'm like, oh yeah, you you work out to go go back home. Yeah, no good dude. So well, I didn't stop watching for a, a good little while there, so I wasn't even particularly tuned in to the punk Colt Cabana, all that stuff that happened, and I haven't really haven't taken oh, the yeah. time to search out everything that, that happened. Was, Obviously, it was yeah. it was it's uh, been years in the making. Years being, in the making. That lawsuit. Years. People brought it up, and I'm like, uh, yeah, that's a bit the bad thing to do. But also, too, at the end of the day, what a lot of people do not know um, is that uh, it's well known through, like, wrestlers in the general public now that at pro wrestling tees, there's what they call Colt Cabana tax. And he gets a uh, certain, he gets a dollar, I believe, off of every shirt. Well, I think with Phil, because he actually, from what I was told, he actually wanted Pro Wrestling Tees to pull out of AEW and that, that whole thing. But because it makes so much money, they were like, no, we can't do that because of the money. Then he says, well, I need something because, you know, I, I can't support this. So I think he now makes $3 off of every, every punk shirt. Yeah, but well, you know what? That, that that that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. 
you know, I mean, you know, you, you don't put your people's dirty laundry out there. That muffin gate backstage, I'm like, that was not necessary. <laughs> not necessary. <laughs> like, but even probably, that, yeah. but even that right there, like I, some people can look at that as a criticism of punk and, and I get it. I understand why some would. To me, the owner of the company, could you imagine CM Punk doing that beside Vince McMahon? Like, I'm not talking about 60-year-old Vince McMahon. I'm talking about mustache uh, uh, Vince McMahon walking with a cane right now. Like, <laughs> pistol whip. Yeah. Like, can, you, can you imagine him doing that with Triple H? Like, heck no. Uh, no. Like, there's just a difference in leadership and balls and uh, a, 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 a litany of other things. Accountability, it's it's just hilarious. That to me, yeah. he was the one who came out of that looking uh the worst, Tony Khan, and it's reflective. You see how it's played out in the company of all the decisions. It was very much a forebear of what's to come, I think. Yeah, but, I think it, people really want to go there. And I had said this, I think, back on in episode one. I had said that um, you know, when Cody and the Bucks and Kenny, like when they did all in originally that like that was something that was like really special i don't agree with them using all in now and having it in london i don't agree with that um but this was not the company that they wanted that they were going to make and that's why i think you see the exodus of people like um qt marshall um and some other people who are like yeah it's not this it's not the same and i think that when you have people like the Bucks, like, you know, a lot of people, you know, share on them. And I'm like, yeah, but you got to think about it is this was not how everything was supposed to be. I mean, Tony didn't like the fact that Cody was really getting into, you know, being backstage and doing all of that. He didn't like it, you know, and it happens. So I think no, that I you mean backstage, you're talking about like leadership, production, yep, leadership, well, yeah, well, because now since Brian's on his last year, yeah, because he needs someone back there. But honestly, to be quite honest, it's more of, dude, you know, your wrestlers all think, and I, I'm not speaking for anyone, but this is the consensus, I think, is that you, like, you're playing, you play favorites, okay? You really kind of don't know what you're doing, but a lot of them are also offended at the fact that there's so many of them. And it's always the same people over and over again that, you know, favorite toys. Yeah. It's like, why would you want to, to, you know, stay? And that's why I find it fascinating with like, I was saying earlier with Andrade, like, really, you, you're going to make Cody, not Cody, you're going to make Brody King a bitch, you know, for what? A guy who's probably going to go back to WWE. That's where his old lady is. So you know. And I again, I haven't watched. I haven't watched regularly in more than six months. So it's, it's oh, yeah. isn't even 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 uh, fair for me to say. But mm -hmm. I watched enough. I bought enough pay per views. I know the mo is get heat from the internet from not featuring talent X Y Z. Put them on TV for two weeks or three weeks, and then forget they exist for the next six months. So Andrade Wardlow three times. What's that? They've done Wardlow three times now. Yes, yes. Yeah, poor they, guy. They crushed that guy, man. But yeah, yeah. Andrade got him a win, and uh, 
four weeks from now, he'll be uh, he'll be back doing whatever, you know, and counting down the days. He'll be in the rumble. Yeah, <laughs> and Zade, they'll definitely be back in WWE. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I think um, what's really interesting is that um, you know with his his toys, it's very interesting that um, you see. Like, for example, I'm going to use House of Black. Love them. But he kind of really isn't um, pushing Malachi Black out there. But, you know. Yeah, I haven't seen him in a while. No. No, last time he was wrestling with uh, Buddy Matthews. And I think this was, like, maybe a couple weeks ago. And that was it. They're doing that and, whole gimmick where they were turning the lights on and off. Mm -hmm. and they still do that. Right? No, they yeah. stopped it. Like, yeah. They, I mean, a two week story and then disappears. Mm -hmm. And then, but I think that the only thing really now with House of Black that really makes them interesting, obviously, Brody King. And then, of course, freaking Julia Hart. Oh, God. Yeah. She's gotten so good. I mean, that's, I think that, that she's probably the only one. Who came in like, oh my god, this girl is so awful. <laughs> to holy shit, you know she she's pretty damn good. She would went through NFT. She would be uh, great. Even better. Even better. Yeah. Same with like Anna J. The, the women in NXT are like on another level right now. Yeah, it's almost not fair though. That's the thing, because I mean. So there's two things with NXT. They're they have a completely different approach to recruiting. Mm -hmm. They're going after like they've blatantly said we're going after high caliber, especially Division One college athletes. Mm -hmm. So there's a distinct the breakout tournament was all college. Like guys. you look at the athleticism of Tiffany Stratton and you compare it to an Anna Jay or even a Julia Black or whoever, or excuse me, Julia Hart. You, you compare it to them, it, it's it's just night and day. Um, and I mean that's just one example. I mean and and. Tiffany's the top, you know, uh, as far as that goes. But, um, but there's a they they pursue them. They say for the athletic advantage. They also say that uh, D1 athletes are used to being coached, and so they're used to being willing. They work hard. They're willing to be willing to be coached and say, okay, here's the right way to do things. In other words, we'd rather get somebody in here who's 21 years old who's literally never done this than somebody who's 23 years old who's been doing this for, you know, three years. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, so that is the difference in approach. The the women, uh, women's division in NXT is so deep. There's like five girls right now that they could call up and just have the potential to have big time futures. I think, honestly, I think, I think part of where WWE's women is, uh, or women are in terms of like the main roster, I think they're giving some of them time to sink or swim a little bit and see who can come up and who can kind of hold their own. Because eventually these girls, they're coming. That crop is coming. And mm -hmm. you know, Tiff, Rox, Cora Jade, um, you, you got, you know, three or four more that are down there that can make an, an impact pretty quickly. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a big NXT. Uh, jumped, I stayed on board with 2.0. And now I kind of feel like the proud pop because I'm seeing, you know, <laughs> the was made then. I'm seeing it play through on the other side. And it's mm -hmm. pretty awesome. So. It's almost back to the gold level. Yeah. Well, it's a perfect hybrid. It's what I said in the, you know, with on the, 
the, on the Zoom. It's a perfect hybrid model. Now it is uh, pairing weekly television with also the ability to train and, and prepare, you know, people for the main roster. It's not, it's, it's like where black and gold was almost like a, we're making you, we want to put on great television, prove that you can be effective here. Okay. Now go to the main roster and do your own thing and see if you can sink or swim, see if you can make it up there. Now it is, we're putting on good quality television and we may even have acts down here at NXT that we know, for instance, like chase you. This is very interesting or right? very entertaining. It's never going to play on the main roster. Yeah. But it's down there. Chase U's right is there right now because of Thea Hale. That's going to be the that you're going to look at. You're going to look at Chase U and say the lasting uh, legacy of Chase U is Thea Hale when she's crushing it in WrestleMania in four or five years. You know? <laughs> yeah. So examples like that, and so it's that it's that blended product where I think it's it's really differentiated itself. That's why it's it's I love watching it now. You know, I'm going to ask this because we here on Thursdays. For a while, we stopped watching NXT because we're like, are you kidding me? And, like, there's people there who are on the roster that I'm like, why haven't you moved them up? Because, you know, it's it's only obvious that you should. Yeah. Like, I think one of them that stands out to me, I love him to death, and I'm really glad that he's in that tournament if they already i don't know if they did it yet but carmelo hayes yeah yeah Carmelo's a long time ago he's uh yeah friday he'll be on SmackDown. Yeah, it'll happen sooner than later i think they're just in a place now where they spent a year plus on the main roster just purging out that roster cleansing it out mm -hmm. and now i think they're really they're they're really lining it up to where deciding here's who our main people here's who we're building around now we can slowly integrate, take our time, slowly integrate people from uh, bringing them up from NXT while also not casting a broad net for free agents, picking out that handful. You knew Jay was on there. You knew, uh, you knew uh, Cody was on there. Wardlow is going to be on there. Will Hobbs. Will Hobbs freaking screams WWE. When you look at Will Hobbs, he's like, that dude belongs in WWE, you know. So there's like they'll be able to go sniper mode now and for about a handful of folks. Mm -hmm. and I think that's the reason why you're seeing that's the reason why you're seeing some of the delay. Uh, because you're right, I mean Braun Breaker could have been up there a year ago. Yeah, that too. Like so right away. Solo could have been up on the main roster six months before he got there. Mm -hmm. Exactly. They're just slow. And I, just, and I think yeah, it, they're waiting for the right time. Yeah. I mean it's hard because I know that um yeah, Wardlow, I you know, I don't know when his deal is up, but um he's gone. Because I'm yeah. sorry, you can't keep doing that to somebody. No. And oh, excuse me. Um, you can't keep doing that to somebody. Hobbs, I mean, putting him with you know Don Callis and that family now, dumb. They disappeared, like they were, you know pushing him for about three weeks in a row. Mm -hmm. And he's never been out for the last couple. Mm -hmm. It was off the heels of which, which pay-per-view was it when it was him and Miro? Was that all out? The meat match? I got to bounce off here real quick. I really appreciate you guys having me on. One thing I'll say, um, mm -hmm. If you go uh, today, Peter Rosenberg 
on his uh, radio show uh, in New York, uh, him and uh, the other the other LaGreca brother, Don, they had Cody Rose on today, and it was like a 20-minute interview. And at the very end, the last question Rosenberg asked him was, hey, do you think we'll ever see MJF in WWE? Cody says, yeah, I think we will at some point. He said, I don't know when. He said, I don't know if it's going how soon it'll be. He said, but I think eventually uh, he'll make the jump, so. I know. We'll see. That'd be a pretty awesome uh, Rumble entry. So. That'd be great, y'all. Yeah. good. Thanks, yeah. <laughs> Awesomeness. Yes. So, nice to have new friends drop by. It's awesome. Producer Lady here. Thanks for tuning in. Continue to support and buy us a drink by putting the I in subscribe and reviewing our podcast. And cheers to Fans First Sports Network for keeping the dive bar lights on. I would never have a drink with wrestling on the rocks.